Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Today we've got a crazy story of a prosecutor being told to prosecute a case without probable cause. We'll get to that story in a bit, but first, go check the radar. Way back in the dark ages, I was in the military as an aviation electronics technician. One of our jobs was to perform preventative maintenance to make sure the electronics in the plane didn't fail prematurely. One of the hardest things to check on an old C-130 is the radar, since you had to raise the radome to access the radar antenna. Now, older C-130s have lots of flat hours, which means they also have lots of landings and takeoffs. The radomes are humongous and heavy. I'm talking like 8 feet high, 7 feet wide, don't hold me to those numbers, this was a long time ago. There are 4 screws, top left and right, lower left and right, and a hinge on top so it can be lifted. Getting those 4 screws to line up on a slightly twisted and bent airplane can be difficult. Very difficult. It usually takes 4-6 to six extra people pulling on straps to get the darn thing aligned. Also, in my service, there's usually a friendly rivalry between the electronics types tweets, and the mechanics, nose pickers, and metalsmiths. I say usually, but at my new air station, it was well beyond the friendly stage, to the point that the metalsmiths and nose pickers wouldn't even acknowledge the tweets, and vice versa. I had just checked in from a heavy maintenance overhaul facility and was placed on night check, the 4 midnight shift. This is the shift where most preventative maintenance is performed. I replaced the two tweets who had previously been assigned to night check. Once I started working the shift, I quickly found out a couple things. First, these two were either lazy or had everybody buffaloed. The workload that had been previously assigned to both of them, I was able to accomplish in about half a shift. So I started asking for more work. The other thing I found out was they were the epitome of tweets that couldn't stand the mechs. I was not a fan of that game and quickly became friends with mechs by helping them when they were shorthanded for major jobs. All of the tweets versus mechs BS stopped the night the night chief came out and saw me up on a check stand on my hands and knees holding the weight of an aileron. Another very big piece that forms most of the backside of the wing. It's used to turn the plane when it turns in the air. The chief bellowed, who's the new guy on the check stand? They say that's the new tweet we've been telling you about. He says, well don't let him screw anything up. That's about as close to a thank you for helping or okay he's accepted as it came with that guy. But I never had a problem with the mechs again on night check. When I asked for more work, it began. The two previously assigned guys started rumors that I was doing shoddy work, and even worse, pencil whipping my work, signing it off but not performing the work. The chief in charge of assigning my work caught wind of it and decided to perform a test to settle the rumors once and for all. He assigned me to performing radar PM. Okay, not a problem. I completed it, signed off the paperwork, and completed my shift. The next day, I was met by my chief and several other people, including the two smirking tweets that were assigned to night check. I was accused of not possibly being able to complete the radar card since I didn't ask for extra bodies to close the radome. The malicious compliance, I'd also heard the rumors that I'd been pencil whipping my work. 
and knew immediately what the chief was up to with the radar PM. And I wanted to make those two idiots look like dummies, so I just took the assigned work with a smile. Then I went to the night checks chief and told him I had to crack the Radome tonight and ask for some help. He said no problem. Saying that Radome was a witch is an understatement. It took us most of the night and me buying the beers after work to get it done, but it was way worth it. The fallout, back to the next day, after being outright accused of pencil whipping, I innocently asked what the chief was talking about, asking for bodies to help me. They work day shift. Why would I ask people to help me on night shift? The chief replied because it takes extra people to close a redome. I again asked innocently, but why would I ask day shift to help me on night shift, when night shift has plenty of people that can help me? They say what plenty of people? There's only you and you couldn't possibly close a redome by yourself. I smiled inward and said I never said I did it myself. The plenty of people were the mechanics. The two idiots both said they would never help. I looked at both of them and said, yet they did. And I don't like being accused of being a liar, performing shoddy work, or pencil whipping my work. Where do those rumors come from anyway? Everyone just sort of stared at the two idiots, and the chief said, be right back. Don't anyone leave. A few minutes later, he returned and apologized for keeping me from my work. He had confirmed my story with the night check chief, and we were all dismissed, except the two idiots. I didn't see those too much after that, but that was a fun tour of duty for me. So am I to understand that because those two idiots were idiots, that's probably why the mechs were not wanting to do anything with them? Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is, enjoy the game, Karen. This happened around 2013 or so. I had a part-time gig as event staff for a local university. I really enjoyed it because it brought in extra cash, broke up the monotony of my full-time retail job, I could request game days off well in advance, and it was sign up per gig so I didn't have to work if I didn't want to. The city this university is in was not designed to handle the massive crowds that attend college football games nowadays. Super old city, like Victorian houses are everywhere, so traffic is a nightmare anywhere near it. Most people opt for shuttle buses or pay like 20 bucks for game day parking at businesses and even people's driveways. But for those that have season tickets, they get special assigned parking areas on campus. On regular days, these areas are free for students and guests to use, but if you're in those areas on game day, your vehicle will be towed at your expense. So game day rolls around and I'm in charge of lot D. Only tow trucks and anyone that has a D hanging from the rearview mirror gets in. A movable plastic barricade was the gateway. As always, traffic on campus becomes bumper to bumper as fans inch their way to their assigned lots. So slow in fact that I can easily help point people in the right direction if they're lost. I kept a notepad and a map with me so I could jot down left, straight, straight, left, right for them without ever leaving my post. So everything's going smoothly. People are frazzled by the traffic, but very polite when talking to me throughout the day. I had just let a vehicle in and was moving the barricade back in place when a new, very ritzy white SUV whips in, preventing me from fully closing the entrance. I immediately noticed that their mirror sign thingy didn't say D, but instead said Brad Pad. I walk to the driver's side window and see a young college-aged man with a I'm so done with this crap look on his face. 
In the back middle seat was his very annoyed father, and the passenger seat was occupied by his very pissed-looking mother. I said, hi, y'all folks need some help? The dad says, yeah, we can park here, right? I say, I'm afraid not, sir. This is for D vehicles only, and your pass says Brad Pat. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. He says, but our pass is blue, and this lot is blue on the map. Quick note about the map. Parking areas were colored to make it easier to visually separate one lot from another, as the same colors never touched. There were like three blues, three orange, two yellow, etc., but they had nothing to do with the parking areas at all. I said, oh, the colors don't matter, sir. The only thing that matters is the letters. And I can't let you in without a D or your vehicle will be towed. The mom says, then where the heck are we supposed to park? The son says, mom, calm down. I say, that's a very good question because you're the first Brad Pad I've seen, so let's see. I begin scanning the map. The dad says, this is freaking ridiculous. The son says, dad, he's trying to help us. There's nothing on the map that says Brad Pad, but the basketball stadium is named Bradford so-and-so stadium and indeed has an assigned parking area around it. No letter, just gray parking area. So I make an educated guess that that's where they are to park. The problem is it's on the other side of campus in the opposite direction they came from. I said, I believe you guys are supposed to be at the basketball stadium back that way. I'm not 100% sure, but that's your best bet. The son rested his head on the steering wheel in utter exasperation. The dad said, the basketball stadium's in the gray and our pass is blue. I said, sir, the colors don't matter. I have no idea why the university thought the colors were a good idea, but all that matters is what your pass says, not what color it is. The mom screaming at me says, no, our pass is blue and that means we can park anywhere that's blue. So let us in now because you are wrong. The son snaps his head up and looks at mom and says, mom, shut the freak up. She didn't acknowledge her son's outburst and just kept staring at me with a glare that could melt porcelain. I've dealt with rude customers before, but I've never been yelled at like that before. I was stunned. After about five seconds that felt like an eternity, the words just flowed out of me. Ugh, okay, go on in. I said this in a very okay, but you'll be sorry tone. The mom says, see, that's better. Now, what I meant to do was watch where they parked so I could wave over the sun and tell him to get his parents into the stadium and come back to move the SUV because none of this was his fault at all. Poor guy just wanted to enjoy a nice game of football with his loved ones. However, at that moment, people that actually belonged in Lot D started arriving in rapid succession, and I had a job to do. I also didn't see where they parked. Sure enough, about 45 minutes later, a guy in a university golf cart pulls into the lot and starts walking around cars. 30 minutes after that, three tow trucks come rolling in. 
each with different company names on them. Two student cars were removed, as well as a new, ritzy, white SUV. I watched as they towed it down the street, Brad Pad sign dangling from the rearview mirror. About 30 minutes after the game started, the barricade was taken down, and I was picked up by an event staff truck so we could start picking up traffic cones. So, I never got to see the unfettered rage those people had to be in when the game was over. Also, the university doesn't keep track of what company tows what vehicle, so I'm sure that was even more fuel for the fire. After that day, I found a better job that paid more for 40 hours and paid overtime, so that was my last event staff gig. To the college guy driving that day, if you're reading this, I'm very sorry your SUV was towed, but I hope your parents paid to get it out of hock for you and learned something that day. I think it's easy to feel bad for the college guy here, but let's be real. The college guy had a good wits about him very clearly. They should have known that even though being let in, that's not where they were supposed to go. They themselves should have dropped their parents off and gone to park in the right place. Our next story is, you can't have your car, even for work. This happened when I was 16. I got grounded for some stupid reason. Probably arguing with my parents or fighting with my brother. They tended to ground me for long periods of time, even for small things. They basically told me it was up to me to figure out a ride to and from work, as long as I knew it wouldn't be from them. Okay, sounds good. I got driven to work by a friend that day, and then after my shift I began my long walk home. And I do mean long walk. It was about an hour and a half long, and 45 minutes into the walk, I started getting phone calls and texts asking where I was, and that I need to come home now. When I finally did come home, I told them I had no other ride and was left with no choice but to walk. Got my keys back that night because they didn't want me walking out alone that late. Worked like a darn charm. I get wanting to make sure your kids understand the consequences of their actions, but telling them they can't drive to and from work That's just plain stupid. That said, our final story of the day is, make me prosecute this case without probable cause? Fine, I'll withdraw. I was a new prosecutor for a mid-sized city in the Northeast and doing my time in the local courts bureau. I had a DWI probable cause hearing one morning and the public offender approached me beforehand to show me the body cam footage from the stop. Turns out, the officer had marked the defendant missed steps on the heel-toe walk, when he had in fact not. The officer also noted slurred speech and bloodshot watery eyes, none of which were present. The defendant had refused the breathalyzer, so the only evidence were the field tests. I called my supervising attorney, relayed the same, requesting to dismiss the charge. Instead, I was instructed to prosecute anyways based on the officer's report of smelling alcohol and poor driving beforehand across the center line. So we go to hearing, and the officer's testimony is a disaster. When confronted with the cam footage on cross, he crumbles and it's clear he wasn't actually watching the guy during the tests. He couldn't remember, for sure, whether he actually smelled the alcohol, only that if it's in his report, I must have smelled it, or words to that effect. I asked for recess and called higher, again, rebuffed and forced to proceed. This time, however, I recalled a special provision in the attorney ethics rules. A prosecutor can't prosecute a case if they subjectively believe there isn't probable cause that the offense occurred. Back on the record, I cited the officer's poor testimony, inconsistent records, 
lack of a breathalyzer and otherwise fully compliant field side tests and promptly withdrew personally but not as a representative of the district attorney's office. I called my supervisor, relayed the same, citing the exact subparagraph of the ethics rules and waited for her to have to drive 30 plus minutes out to the local court to continue with the hearing. The court dismissed the case before she got there. Ended up getting fired a few weeks later, but that's another tale. At least there's some prosecutor out here that has a heart. It's actually insane how the district attorney's office was trying to force OP to prosecute something where there was no proof and, in fact, it showed without a doubt that the person wasn't guilty. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely awesome story of malicious compliance, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 